0: This is People and Passions, a podcast mini-series brought to you by Berendo. So I'm very excited today to welcome one of our Berendo engineers, Phil Stanley, to the podcast. Welcome, Phil.
1: Thanks. Nice to be here.
0: <laughs> so this was a. I say unusual, but actually not unusual at all, in that the idea for this episode was born out of a conversation in the pub. Um, And as we do, um, Decompressing from Work and Stuff just ended up talking about a whole series of things that I found absolutely fascinating. And I would hope that you would share uh, with others. So thank you so much for agreeing to this um, and, and repeating yourself for me again and the title of this episode is is um feeling the fear and diving in Anyway for a reason um <laughs> and so much of our conversation you reminded me of a book that I read years ago um called feeling the fear and doing it anyway by Susan Jeffers um but actually your story is so much better than that in my opinion <laughs> so in, in terms of where to start could you describe for us what your greatest fear was, Phil?
1: My greatest fear. So, yeah, I suppose the conversation started it, when we were talking about um, diving. So, I've, from a young age, I've had a, a really sort of strong phobia or, or fear of the ocean and, and deep water in particular. And then about five years ago, I, I, I decided to become a scuba diver to see if I could I could face that fear.
0: And how the heck do you go from, on one end of the scale, this thing absolutely terrifies me, to, yeah, do you know what? I'm just going to rip that plaster off and, and and try and get over it, like that. Even that thought process, that's huge. How how did that happen?
1: Uh, so it was, it was five degrees, really. So it sort of started off a little bit smaller than that. Um, so I was going through. Yeah, I was I was kind of going through this sort of a phase, I suppose, of trying to like uh, push myself out of my comfort zone a bit more. Uh, so this was, it was quite a few years ago now and I'd ended up sort of, I'd been self-employed and a few things had happened there and I ended up working on my own quite a bit and uh, just felt like I'd become a little bit insular or not, you know, not, not kind of venturing out too much and and so I went through this sort of period of like pushing myself out of my comfort zone and, and by degrees just trying these smaller things and around that time, about a year or so into that. Uh, a friend of mine who dived when he was younger was really keen to get back in. He'd been to uh, he'd been to Egypt on his honeymoon at the time and he dived in the Red Sea and, and really enjoyed it and, and wanted to get back into diving so he'd asked me to come along and my initial reaction was no because I had this terrible fear. I couldn't understand why anyone would dive in the Red Sea at that point either. I think he dived, we joked about it, he dived the summer after that reported shark attack. Um, so he'd made this this joke about it and hoping he was going to be okay and then he wanted me to go along with him the next time he went. Brilliant. Right. So I told him no and just shut that down immediately <laughs> but ha- having kind of ha- having already been trying to push out my comfort zone a little bit and try new things it's sort of the thought stuck with me and, and the fact that I'd said no uh, started to bother me um, and initially we we just suggested doing a try dive so there was a few dive clubs in in the area we lived. So it was a di- try dive in a swimming pool it wasn't an ocean or and it certainly wasn't the Red Sea. So it wasn't it wasn't having to face a huge fear initially. It was just that sort of that, I suppose like dipping a toe in the water, just trying that one thing. And my kind of fear of deep water had got to the point where I was uncomfortable even in a swimming pool for a long time. So it felt like a way of trying something new, pushing out my comfort zone. But I could kind of ignore the fact that it was associated with this bigger fear of the ocean initially. So after a couple of weeks, I kind of gave in and and went along to this tri-dive in the in the pool, and it sort of started from there, really.
0: And so thinking about, like, I mean, again, that's a huge step, isn't it? But how, when you say it's a fear, what sort of words come to mind when you try and describe
1: how it made you feel? So the ocean one, it was a strange one, because I don't know where, I kind of, I wish I had like a really exciting story about where this fear came from, like I'd nearly drowned as a child or something like that. But It just sort of developed, so. I started becoming uncomfortable in a swimming pool when I was younger, uh, and then just deep water, I was just uncomfortable around. Uh, but I remember it got, it got to a point where I would sometimes be nervous flying uh, when we flew over the ocean, and it wasn't the thought of crashing, it was the thought of anytime I was over the ocean, it was the thought of what if we came down and survived, but I had to deal with, with being in the ocean. So these were just really irrational kind of irrational kind of thoughts. Um, a couple of friends of mine would tell me about a trip they'd taken on a cruise, and, and just the thought of being out at, out at sea, I'm just picturing all the things that could go wrong. Um, so yeah, I just I just stayed away. I just stayed away from it entirely. I think in terms of like, say, if I was on the beach or close to it, that was fine, but anything more than ankle depth, and it was just, yeah, just just very uncomfortable. It's just a thought about all that space underneath and what that, what yeah, what, and what's there, that unknown feeling. And occasionally I had this image of being lost at sea. So just floating out at sea and just that vast expanse underneath me whenever I thought, you know, if I ever thought about it. Um, but I don't know where that came from or, or how that how that developed. But once we started the tri dive, I did start to wonder then, but, you know, what if I, what if I could get past that? If I could not only face it, but then actually take part in something a little bit adventurous, you know, do like some wreck diving or go to the Red Sea and beyond just facing it, actually become good enough to, to enjoy myself in that environment. Uh, and that thought started to kind of sort of build up in the background as I started going through like some tri-dives and a few other things.
0: So What happened after the tri-dive stuff?
1: Um, not, not much actually. The, the tri-dive was really interesting. So the, the first tri-dive we did, we did two tri-dives with two different clubs. And the first one, Again, I remember being quite nervous because we were going to quite a deep pool and it was part of this, I forget where they were now, but um, we turned up and they give a safety brief uh, briefing and so they talk about some of the things that can, some of the dangers and, and so on and so forth. And I remember being quite nervous, but we get to the pool, there's a small group of us, maybe four or five, and you start getting the equipment, they stand in the shallow end. And they just slowly build you build your up. So you put the egg in your mouth, breathe, then dip your head underwater and breathe. And they're just getting used to it. The, they're just allowing you to build confidence that you can breathe underwater. And that was one of the things they said created the most panic. But I remember that being the easiest part because it wasn't it wasn't the breathing underwater that worried. It was just being it was just being at depth in this thing. But once we once we kind of got in that experience of weightlessness and being able to move in a different way was really exciting. It was quite an interesting experience. Um, so, once we got through that, I you know, I'd actually enjoyed the evening. There was this little bit of nervousness at the beginning. It was just a giant pool. We could see everything and, and swim around. So, that was fine. And we just sort of forgot about it. We didn't talk about it for a few more weeks. Um, we both had other stuff going on. And a couple of months later, my mate, probably up. he said he's going to start taking his ocean diver course. He wants to join a different club. Do you all want to come along? And at that point I was unsure because I knew if I went to this one then that's going to, that would, that would lead to thinking about sort of deeper water and, and so on and so forth. So eventually I went and I kept telling myself, well, I'll just do the introduction and then I can, and then I can quit. I'll just do a little bit and, and I'll go. And, and and so we started with uh, a different club, went through there, dry dive and pool training, which is quite interesting. And we'd come at the end of the season, so there wasn't really a lot of open water dives to do and we had to do all this pool training before we could do that anyway I think there's about six weeks of pool training and by the time we'd yeah by the time we'd done that we got through the six weeks they were like you may as well do your theory lesson because we're not going to get time to go out into open water just yet so we we ended up doing two qualifications worth of theory and some of that was interesting because they talk about all the things that can go wrong diving we did things like what, the, what, is, what is the bends or, or DCI, uh, decompression sickness, illness, and all these horror stories kept coming out of uh, out of these lectures. But by the time we got through that I really wanted to see how things would go so I told myself right, I'll do the quarry diving or the open water and then we'll and then we'll take a step back. <laughs> wow! I will, I will it. And it was just by degrees we just sort of slowly kind of got further further in. I think once i would got to the point of doing my open water I made myself a promise then that I would I would stick. I would stick at it long enough to go and dive in the Red Sea, if I could go and dive in the Red Sea, which sounded like this terrifying thing to do.
0: Um, but why was which, that? Why why was that your ultimate goal? Like you mentioned that a few times now. as in that sounds like it was the carrot for you. But what about that particular dive was so compelling to push yourself through this?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I suppose it's sort of. This, this, the things that I thought were most scary about the sea are in the Red Sea. Uh, there are other oceans as well, obviously. But um, there was the story of the shark attacks. I knew, that, you know, there so was obviously the sharks there, but I knew thousands of people go to, go there every year. That statistically, it was okay. You know, that this was just and you know partly an irrational fear. But also, it seemed it seemed a bit more adventurous than just diving off the coast of Wales. Um, you know, there was there was a sort of like a, there was a bigger trip to do, and I would have to have qualified. And spent I spent a lot more time diving before I before I kind of got there. So it just became that, as that was the first conversation about diving in the Red Sea, which seemed it sort of triggered a bit of a fear in me. Uh, it seemed like that's that that's the thing I should I should aim to do. And um, again, I think I told myself right, go and do that week's diving in the Red Sea, and then you can stop. Uh, but you can't stop until until then. And so I sort of made myself a promise after we finished the pool the pool training. That whatever happened with like UK open water diving I would stick at it long enough to do the Red Sea and I kind of felt like that would give me give me the incentive to carry on and give me a goal to shoot for which which meant if I had a bad diver so it wasn't quite right that you know I would stick at it long enough to give it give it a fair a fair go. Did you ever kind of nearly
0: talk yourself out of it?
1: Yes, several several times. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been diving diving for five years now, and I I taught—I almost taught myself out of it three times last year. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I I think, like, um, yeah, it was—it was really interesting. I think I'd convinced myself as well that um, once I'd got in the ocean, I built this thing up so much in in my own head. I've. I sort of had this really naive view of facing my fears. I, I genuinely thought the first time I jump into the sea, it will just go away. Like you'll face your fear. There'll be some magical moment and I, I will just suddenly feel great about it um, because I'd never gone that far. I'd never managed to get in. And um, so the first, it probably took at least four months from sort of going to that first dry dive to to actually getting into anything deeper than a swimming pool. So we did our pool training and and, and things like that is, uh, they teach you basic skills, how to clear a mask if it fills with water, what to do if there's an out of air situation, so just like some basic skills. We did some some sort of classwork as well where we learn a bit about kind of the equipment and how to maintain it, what can go wrong, what to look out for. And then you have to redo those lessons in a quarry, so you're not out at sea. You're not having to deal with currents, or you know it's kind of more of a controlled environment. And they sink things for you to kind of uh, explore as well. So there's kind of wrecks buried out in some of these quarries. So we did, I think, six quarry dives before the first ocean dive, um, and even that was I was uncomfortable doing that for a while. And that was more the depth, so it wasn't the same as the. As the ocean but if we do a surface swim stay out to a particular shot line so that's a like a, they'll mark a certain wreck or a certain feature and you can swim out to that and go down the line to conserve your your oxygen. I'd get so far and then become suddenly aware of how deep the water was below me so it was always a little bit uncomfortable but we were starting to kind of get into once you get out of a swimming pool into deeper water and there's things to explore then there's a little bit of excitement there as well this sort of was a bit you know, alongside that fear, there's there's just the excitement of doing something new and, and completely and completely different. And by this time it's been a few months, we started to make friends within the club and get to know people and you start becoming part of that, that group. But our first ocean dive was yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it was so we went to we went to Anglesey, we only had time for one dive. So we decided to that the club and we have their own boats. So we took our we took our boats and drove up to Wales. By the time we got there and we launched the boats, so there was two, we took two with us. There was only time for, for one dive. And I thought I was ready for it, having done some quarry diving and, and, and kind of know like how the equipment works, and we got on this little rib. And I, at first I thought we were doing a shore dive, which meant we were going to walk out from the beach and just get deeper and deeper and deeper and have a bit of a swim round. So I, I convinced myself that would be okay, I would just go in slowly. When we arrived, they brought the boat, so we were going to we we're gonna take those out instead. And I remember sitting on the edge of the rib watching the shore. Sorry, excuse me. Watching the the beach just get further and further and further away. And just looking at the water around us and realizing just how far out we were and how that was all just ocean underneath me. And yeah, suddenly very nervous. Not really kind of just avoiding eye, eye contact with other divers, just trying to kind of get through it. And I, I kept telling myself, so "Once you get in, that's it. You've built this up. It's it's completely irrational." I was trying to talk myself through it. Once you get in, this will all go away. You'll realise that there was nothing to to worried about. So we get to the dive site, and the pairs go. The, 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 so my my dive buddy was um, was also cox in the boat. So we had to go in last, bit to get the other divers in, get them out, and then we'd go in uh, when the next uh, person qualified to use the boat would come out. So, I've been bobbing around on the on the on the surface, watching people go in and out for a good half an hour or so. And I'm like they're, they're fine, like they're smiling and they're having a good time. so this will be this will be okay. <laughs> and um to get in with from a from the rib, you sort of help help each get kit up. There's not a lot of small, you know, there's not a lot of space. You help each other kit up. And then you just roll off the boat backwards as you do hit the water as you do. <laughs> yeah. you go backwards over the boat. You hit the water uh, and then your, your the, the air in your jacket will bring you back up to the surface and, and then you sort of go down after that. So I took a breath. I remember it, it just seemed to take forever to get me to roll backwards. Um It was only a few seconds I thought, if, if I'm, I'll have got, I've just got to push through it for like five seconds. Once I've rolled off I'm in and, and it's all fine. <laughs> so I rolled backwards, I could see was green and, and bubbles and then my head comes out of the surface and I remember thinking you've done it and I was kind of like for like half a second I was quite proud I was like right you're in it's fine and then I thought to myself but you're in the ocean and I, I looked down <laughs> and I could see my fins and just just green the visibility was really low there's just this space below me and and then the fear really hit me then um and I was just not I was just not comfortable at all I just wanted to get I want to get back on the boat and, and leave so I can't do that we've cut we've cut this far we're going down the shot line and I couldn't see the bottom of the shot line. I could just see the bit that was in my hand. The visibility was only maybe only a metre or something. I got halfway down that and my mask started to leak. So the right half of my mask was letting water in. So I was having to clear this. We got to the bottom. The visibility was so bad. We got to look for a wreck and I swam into it. I couldn't see it. And it was that. It was, it was that <laughs> someone else came past me on the shot line. And just The shadow. The, sh- you know, the, the, the shadow. In, in, Sort of going past me, maybe me jump. I thought something else was there. It was just—it was horrendous. So the whole thing was just not enjoyable at, at all at that point. because it didn't have the effect uh, I, thought it, <laughs> I thought it would. I thought it would. But we got out, and I thought, well, but you—you you did it. You, you know, you got in. We got to the surface. We got to the bottom, despite the leaky mask and, and a few other issues. We managed to like do the whole dive. Um, and I'd already made this promise that I would carry on until uh, until the Red Sea, which took. Eighteen months, two years before I got there, so I I carried on diving for quite quite a while. Then after that, and yeah, not all of them were enjoyable to start with.
0: <laughs> so, despite doing try diving, quarry diving, an ocean dive, you didn't enjoy. You still carried on anyway.
1: I did, I did at that point because I, I told myself I would I would get at least to I would get at least to Egypt. I would do the Red Sea. And then carry on. And I kept trying to remind myself that I was quite lucky as well because I joined a club rather than just pay for a class or something. I was surrounded by people who did this for fun, and it was, you know, they just enjoyed it. So it kind of, I kept trying to remind myself that, you know, it is like what this fear that I'm feeling is just. I suppose it's just in my head, really. It's this is just people are doing this for fun. It's like a family day out for some people. All right, so I just need to get over that. Keep keep going forward. and kind of see where it gets. But I did tell myself after Egypt that would probably be the end because there was a few trips that were, it just wasn't relaxing. It was just, there was always this bit of tension and then getting in and getting through it. And and my first few dive weekends, the thing I remember really is just the relief when it was done. Like it was just the relief of of getting the last dive of that weekend out of the way. (laughs)
0: I mean, I think that's incredible because you are you were like persistently putting yourself in that sort of fight or flight mode and then regulating yourself to a point where you could continue. And that's I mean, I just find that massively inspirational that you're even willing to do that and carry on and crack at it and just and is there anything else like during that time? I think you just mentioned there that you were surrounded by people that enjoyed this, that did it, you know, that did it for fun. are there any other things other than reminding yourself of the end goal of, yeah, I really want to get to Egypt that kind of kept nudging you along?
1: There was, I think it got to a point where part of it was that I'd got so far then. So I'd, bit, I'd gone through the train and, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd got into the ocean. But then it really became a, this this sort of challenge where it, the idea of the idea of quitting would have felt worse. I think at that, at that point, there was just a point where it crossed. And I think, there was one dive where I almost aborted the dive and I had a kit malfunction, and I think I, I remember that when I, I wanted to. So that was a strange one. It was like a depth of progression dive and it was at a quarry and it's quite dark and there was quite a big surface swim out to this sort of, sort of surface marker buoy. And so I swam out to that. And I remember that being quite tiring, so I still wasn't used to all the equipment and carrying that around. And then we, we did the surface swim and we were catching our breath ready to go down this line and I was diving with someone new. But they were quite experienced. And uh, I think it was about 20 meters we were we were looking at going, or maybe 17, 20 meters or something, which at the time seemed like um just just seemed huge uh, to go down to, to that depth. And we got halfway down the shot line, and there was just no visual reference anywhere, which was quite unusual. So like you could see it was quite dark, um, and there was this sort of so, I describe, so you've got like this dark green colour around you of the water, which then gradients into this uh, black as you go down, but there was nothing else there. There was no parts of the quarry or no bit of wreck you could see for a spell. It was just really unusual because you couldn't really tell or feel which way was up or down, or you could just see where your bubbles were going. You looked down and there was, no, there was nothing we were heading to, and my dive buddy sort of disappeared into, uh, just into this blackness, and I saw a little bit of his torchlight. And I'd had some trouble, so I was overweighted. Which because kind of being new to it, I wasn't, I wasn't experienced enough to to get a sense of my buoyancy or, or weight. And um, I'd had trouble kind of descending a few times, and just assumed I needed more weight. And, and in reality, I just needed to be a little bit more patient and get used to like the, the sort of techniques of breathing out as you go in, as as you descended. So as we started to go down, I was getting heavier because of the compression, and I was overweighted. I started to feel like I was losing control a little bit. I tried to fill my jacket and fin up to to gain control. My buddy had disappeared, and I just suddenly became very uncomfortable, and I could feel sort of panic was building a little bit. And I just wanted to go. I just wanted to go. I was filling up, I was putting air in my jacket, and I, all I kept thinking in my head was like, "You've come this far. You know, this is not a sport for you. You know, this is not this is not for you. Maybe you were just getting a bit carried away. Um, probably just just call it now. Just shine your torch at this guy, get get his attention, and I bought the dive." And then I looked down and all these bubbles kind of rush up from where he breathed out and kind of surrounded me. And it just looked really unusual. It was like this really weird sight, all these bubbles, and then they sort of shined against the, the torchlight. And as I looked down again, I could just see the, so we were going to this wreck that had been sunk at 20 metres, which is called the Stangarth, and uh, I just started to see the hull of that appear out of the, the darkness, and it was just this incredible image. And at that point I was like I, I do want to get out but then also I want to land on that boat and it, I'm here now there's like a few more minutes and just kind of get get a hold of your you know you can just kind of stop panicking just breathe <laughs> and I just had to talk myself through but I did I did want to go and there was this moment where it was like I realised then I could see where we were going and I realised I would feel worse if I got out than if I just carried on I'm far enough now and and I think from that dive it was the same sort of thing for each one. It's like, you've come this far now, you know, you've qualified to this level, you've got a few more dives to come up, you can plan this trip. So it, it just became as as uncomfortable as I was diving for the most part. I, I would have felt worse just giving up after that that much time then. So I just kind of felt sort of locked into it, I suppose.
0: <laughs> uh, I think that's amazing. So we've, we've done some, we've done lots of, ocean stuff, uh, whereabouts are we in the timeline, how far are we away from the Red Sea?
1: That that particular dive, so that depth progression one, that was probably about a year away, I think that was this, the season before, so that was going through to get my sports diver, so that depth progression dive was what I had to check off to get my sports diver and that's what I needed to, to go to Egypt, with sports diver. And That was a strange dive because I did have a kit malfunction, so the reason I'd struggled and I'd start to feel heavier as I, I had overweighted and overfilled the jacket, which which broke. So I, I, I kind of nearly ran out of air on that on that dive. So when I got to the bottom where the boat was, I checked my air. I'd gone through half just coming down the shot line, which really kind of panicked me because that, we come down. You know, we should have had should have had most of my air. You come down the shot line to conserve air, but the calmness of my dive buddy kind of kept me calm. But I couldn't I couldn't look away from it from this gauge. And we realised there was a problem halfway through that dive, and I had to come back up. And uh, by the time I come up, we'd run out, so wow. I had to kind of self-inflate. And but because of that, there was a moment there where I could have where I could have panicked, but the canvas of a dive and going through what we had, it was like oh, that's fine, and we we kind of got through. So it, it was, I was a little bit shaken up afterwards, but it kind of felt like that's one of something that you know, something that could have gone wrong, and it and it didn't. Um, so yeah, I just kind of carried on and felt like I'm, I'm closer. We get like a few more, I think I had a few more dives to do that year, um, which were like skills dives and that got me sports diver. And then I knew a friend of mine was planning the the trip to Egypt for the for the year after. So I sort of signed up for that. I just said, right, that's, that. I just sort of pushed that to one side and I thought I've signed up for it, we we'll get to that. And then I can, and then I can stop doing this. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it was another, I probably did another 12 months, 18 months of diving before we, we were getting ready to go to Egypt then.
0: And checking in from how you felt about it at that stage to when you first started, you've obviously built some confidence there. You've experienced quite a few things that have gone wrong and been able to correct or, you know, deal with them and, and move past it. How how had your attitude changed or had it changed by that point? Are you still like, no, 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 you're, I've been talking yourself into it every time?
1: So I was, I was still talking myself into it quite a bit, but I'd seen it, I'd started to see it as a challenge. So it was strange, actually. It's a good question, because I, I definitely saw it as a challenge. And in a weird way, I saw myself as a, not a diver. I'm, I'm not a diver. I'm just here challenging myself to something. Um, but by that by, by the time we got to Egypt, I've been diving for two years and I was qualified. But in my head, I still wasn't a diver and I just happened to spend time with these people who love diving but I was just here as, as, as like a challenge I had a lot to learn so I used to get focused on what skills do I need to learn what do I need to make sure is correct and so on and so forth and I think that was that that needed to that sort of stop towards Egypt I think we were doing a I forget, I forget which dive it was there was a particular diver I just remember my dive buddy who was so the guy who trained me to dive um, we were diving together and he just he made some comment once about we, we do just do this for fun. I know you must have spotted me focusing on something. I can't remember. But um, I, I always just saw myself that it's been there temporarily until until Egypt was done. But again, by degrees, it's like it's two years by the time we get, get to the point where we're planning that. And I think there was a couple of dives that were just really quite exciting. There was a few deeper quarry dives, a couple of ocean dives where even though that that fear was there, it was just a couple of really incredible moments and, and and so the, sort of the excitement of those started to kind of outweigh, outweigh some of the fear. But there was no there was no one die before Egypt that sort of stood out as like, oh, this is this is great, or you know, kind of won me over in, in that way. There was, was still I was still just trying to get, get to get to Egypt at that point.
0: So tell me about Egypt. Like, <laughs> like how did that go?
1: Yeah, that was interesting. What was what was strange about Egypt was, I remember having, this is fairly embarrassing, but I remember having nightmares for I think about two months, three months before Egypt, so every couple of nights I'd wake up having dreamt about a shark attack or being trapped in a wreck or, or something like that, just really uncomfortable about the idea of going. And everyone was getting excited, about it was like 14 of us went and everyone was getting kind of excited, by it. but the, the closer we got the more reluctant I was to do it and I kept thinking well, you know, maybe you could just be, a you know, a UK ocean diver, just dive in shallow parts of Wales or Scotland or something. Um, so I booked along, but I just wasn't, I wasn't, I was really apprehensive. There was there was definitely more nerves than excitement. And the closer it got, the more nerves, uh, the more nerves that were there. So I remember the flight. Uh, I think all I was thinking about was, we're going to have to be in the water tomorrow. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of people at this point knew that I'd started um, dive into sort of face a fear so there's a couple of people I knew and kind of you know asking me how I was doing like you know doing the thing of giving advice and it's all going to be fine that kind of thing but uh, but no, you know it's not something I talked to everyone about at the, the dive club at that time and it was good it was it was exciting but the first day we were out early and and, and straight out into the water and um yeah, I don't know, the, fir- the first dive was incredible. Everyone had said how how great it is out there, but nothing the, the had prepared me for the first dive. You sort of drop in and as you get to about 10, 12 meters, it's, it's it was like falling into a Pixar movie or something. You were just completely surrounded by this, just, just teeming with life, all this strange kind of life around you, like huge, sort of huge fish. We ran into like Napoleon grass, which um, I don't know how to describe, this thing like as big as my torso, <laughs> this just, just giant fish, uh, really strange kind of rays and other stuff. It's was just, just a spectacular spectacular, dive. But the, I think it was the first or second time I was that tense about getting in that I think I was the, I, I was sort of like in the first group, the last person, the first group to step in and just striding off the back of the boat. I was so tense I bit through my regulator, uh, so the mouthpiece of my regulator came clean up. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to do a quick repair and uh, I was going to say, what happens in that situation? <laughs> just
0: whip a spare out or something?
1: So uh, a friend of mine uh, cut the one off my octopus and and sort of swapped it over uh, just so we could get the dive done. It was only a shallow dive to start with just to kind of do a weight check so we wouldn't have done a bigger dive without having the octopus in working order but yeah, they kind of fell for that one, it'd be fine. But uh, yeah, and, then that, and that was it, ten, 10 dives over five days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what sort of emotions were, were coming up for you as you were doing those dives like this is this is your goal this is the thing you're aiming for and you're in the middle of there and doing it is it was the is the fear totally dissipated gone or did you have moments
1: um it was strange like the, so the first dive I was really tense and it's similar to my first dive in Anglesey I thought once you jump in that's like you know what to expect it's once you get you've built this up once you get in you'll be okay obviously I got in through my regulator, um, we kind of got down to this first dive. It was just beautiful, so th- it was it was excitement and kind of surprise at how good it was. So I just enjoyed every second of that first dive after the initial bit. It was a few moments where it was a bit like, "Oh, you, you're here now, and, and there's all this life around you." But for the most part, I was just kind of awestruck, and it was fantastic. But then when I got out, it just it. It, it didn't go away. It was like the next dive was going a bit deeper. So I was like, oh, well, this is, you know, this could so the going be So the nerves kind of came and went over the over the course of the week. And I think the worst dive was probably, in, in a weird way, I kind of felt like it should have got easier over the week. And, and in some ways it got harder because I was, I'm still battling this irrational fear. So it was like, I've done a dive and you've seen it's OK, so you should be fine for the next dive. And then But a little voice in my head is like, but... With each time you go in, you've increased your odds of something going wrong because you're in there more often. So there was this like little internal battle of thinking, well, you've done it now. Maybe you should just sit the rest out and just, you know, maybe one's enough or two's enough. Or, and so we were there for the I think five days we, we dived for. But the, the toughest dive I ever had was towards the end. We did a drift dive and uh, I remember the guides telling us we, they were taking us to a spot because a few of the group were, were really into sharks. They really wanted to swim with sharks. and um. They said, like it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of find them. They're not that keen on divers. But they said there's this one spot where it'll give us a chance. You know, it's going to be a bit deeper. There'll be a drift dive, so the boat will drop us off, and we'll just sit in the current at depth. And there are sharks in the area. We may get to see some. We may not. So they said we can't promise, but we'll we'll try. Uh, so I was like, right, that's 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 me out. I'm going to tap out at on this one. <laughs> I've done enough diving. Uh, I'll just let them go, and, you know, go and look for sharks. And a friend of mine sort of pulled me to one side and he said, if you don't go, you'll you'll regret it. Uh, you know, you, you you've come this far. Just get just get in. And it's one dive. It's half an hour, forty minutes, whatever it might be. I think it was about a forty-five minute drift dive. Uh, so I remember getting in, but not wanting to. I was really reluctant for this one. And uh, we got in. And it was definitely much deeper and you could feel as you started to go down it was just blue underneath before we could see that coral and we were in sort of like maybe 25 meters tops on some of them this one was just a lot a lot deeper a lot more blue around us and we were just getting into the drift so we just got into the current and started moving and i could hear the boat i could hear the boat leaving and then i just remember panic sort of setting in i kind of felt like i was just lost in this huge expanse and then all of a sudden just the sense of being claustrophobic like the whole place just rushed into my mask and i could feel my breathing starting to increase and i just wanted to i just wanted to get out and so i realized i couldn't go up couldn't abort the dive and go up because the boat had gone you just kind of have to go and it would just be safer to go with the current in the group yeah and that was terrible i just remember like trying to control my breathing and just sort of watching my dive computer in my depth and just trying i got I got to the front of the group so no one could see me I thought I don't want anyone to see me panicking but <laughs> so I got my back to everyone <laughs> and just talking to myself through know, that that was that one was probably the scariest one I had and it, it felt like I was close to panic for a it, it felt like half an hour and it was probably a, it was probably about a minute or, t- or two tops um and I started to relax into that one once so I got control of my breathing and yeah everything was everything was fine, ultimately. It was a, and it was a great dive, but that, that initial bit was, was particularly difficult. And I, I, know, I know my friend saw me close to panic because he felt guilty for sort of prodding me for that one. But uh, I think ultimately I felt, I felt good for having got through that. And, and just having had that fear previously, I think I'd got used to knowing how to try and talk myself talk myself down from it. But that was, yeah, that was the penultimate day of diving. So we had one more, one more day after that one.
0: Did you see any sharks?
1: No, no, no sharks. Which I was the only one happy about. Everyone else is disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to say, like I, I do, kind of wish we'd seen some. I think if I'd gone and seen, what, you know, seen one or a couple, that would have been, you know, haven't gone all that way, it would have been good to have maybe, maybe not in the moment, but afterwards would have been good.
0: And how was your last dive in Egypt? Was it without? Was it without event?
1: Uh, the last, the, the last day was was amusing because mo- most people were ill by the last day. Um, so the numbers had dwindled, and and I think people were just tired and kind of run down from the from the week. And we just we we did some we did like some coral reefs. It was just really nice. We did some easy, easy diving, uh, and there was just some really beautiful, beautiful spots. It was yeah, it was nice. It was nice. We tried to get to it. There was a particularly sort of popular wreck out in Egypt that we tried to get to, but the weather was too tough for us to. To kind of get there, so we just did some sort of shallower and more local dives, which was nice it sort of it was a lot calmer the last day, I remember, which is good, and it felt great getting to the end of it, going for a meal afterwards, and thinking like that that you know it was two years of thinking about this week and just being sat there um having a meal getting ready to come home the next day. It just felt a bit odd that 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 it was just done, but that was it it was all over um and it sort of seemed to take forever, but then just passed really quickly at the same time um
0: yeah. So just to recap, being in open water was your greatest fear. You progressed from that to swimming pools, to quarries, to all various, you know, progression dives in other places and then did the thing that kicked it off in the first place when your friend mentioned to you that um, that he wanted to go do that but there'd been a shark attack there. Had various nightmares, moments where you wanted to give up and you've done it. So you just you just canned it right there then? Did you? And that, that's. The
1: <laughs> I, was, I I thought about it, but then by the time I got through Egypt, uh, obviously I made quite a few friends there, and 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 it was really exciting. As as scary as a few of them were, it was a, It was a great experience, and so yeah, I decided to carry on. Um, and Um Then my next challenge I set myself was was depth, was to try and do some deeper ocean diving to just progress my skills. So I'm kind of currently training to be a dive leader, uh, which would allow me to take less experienced divers in and, and kind of run dives and things like that. And then last year we spent we sort of spent 20, 20 and 2021 20, kind of trading and get ready to do scapa flow, which is a big dive site in the north of the UK. So we did um depth progression there to about 45, 50 meters, which is like the max um max depth you can do on air. And that was a whole different level of um Anxiety. So I thought I was okay, and then we we started doing some of the deeper dives, and I, I realized that that was a different, that was another hurdle to kind of get over. And I did question it again then, but um, but that was spectacular. And and as good as good a trip, maybe not better than than Egypt, maybe not as no colourful, you know, maybe not as colourful and as bright, but um, um, then it was yeah, spectacular.
0: Wow, yeah. wow. I just I think I've said it a hundred times now to you, but I am just. So in awe of what you've done Um, and, uh, you know, thinking about, especially from like a coaching perspective, when we encourage people to set goals and, you know, they have to be scary. And you also, there has to be an investment in there. The biggest, most overwhelming feeling I keep getting as you were talking through all of that is that whether you realise you were doing it or not, I don't know. But a really key question to ask yourself is what am I going to gain by staying still? Like, what am I going to gain by staying exactly where I am, being still? Yeah, I'll be safe. But actually, what else? What else are you gaining? And are you happy with that trade-off? And that was amazing to hear how you were talking yourself <laughs> forward using that sort of mentality. That was that was huge.
1: The way, that that did go through my head a couple of times. It was it was yeah. Like, I think you said the word safe then, which was kind of going through my head. It was like. If you don't try, if I didn't try this, I would be, I would be maybe sit. I would feel safe, but then at what? At what cost would that be? What what opportunities are missed, or, or what experiences are missed, um, for just that little bit of effort of just pushing through, um, every now and again. That's it's it's kind of what sort of got I think stuck in my head around that time, and then and then like say eventually it just cr- it just got to a point where quitting would have been worse. I think it would have uh, that would have just felt worse than than the anxiety of being there
0: and so that's a really interesting point actually so when you think about there's almost like a tipping point there wasn't it like it was like you said about that that drift dive as well well you know the boat had already gone so actually what what gain were you going to get by you know going back up it had been worse you had to you had to go through it
1: that's not Uh, a common thought in the moment either by the way that was it was like don't don't panic it will get worse didn't (laughs) yeah just made made it feel more intense for a few minutes but but yeah, exactly it was you you were kind of it was a good dive to have worried on because you were just you were just there then there was no there was no there was only forward at, at that point
0: so from a like I'm almost seeing this like visually so you had an absolute fear of something you set yourself a goal. there were a whole range of steps that you took to get there. what if you had to kind of list the unexpected benefits of other stuff, You've already given some as we've been talking there. What would you say that they are?
1: Um, yeah, good question. Um. I think, the, I suppose the unintended benefits were, it kind of, sh- well, at first, like, like I mentioned at the start, I, I thought it was good. I had a really naive view of facing my fear. I thought, well, once you've faced it, you know, ju- just the act of getting in the water, it would just, it would kind of go away. And, realizing that that wasn't the case and that it wasn't really about learning to get over a fear it was just learning how to manage it so I just after 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 several attempts at getting in I just learned I, just, I learned that lesson that this isn't going to go away uh, and that's not that and that's that's fine it's fine to feel that that fear you've just got to learn to sort, sort of self-talk or manage it so that as, especially diving because some of the dives we were doing particularly last year for the deeper dives Got to be really conscious of what you're doing, and, and you can't be distracted by this kind of overthinking. So, you're in an you're sort of taking part in something where you have to just push that back, accept it, you don't don't, don't fight that bit, and, and kind of move on. So, it's, it's sort of it gave me a different outlook on fear that it was kind of that, that's fine, it's just man, it's just managing that self talk. And it's not about, I think, I'd set out with the goal or the, or the wish to conquer it. In in a way where fear wouldn't exist, so I suppose I just realised that, that that isn't possible, or isn't possible for me. It, it's just there, and it, it get, you get better at managing it. And I think that's a lesson that's kind of carried out into other things. You know, if if I'm faced with something new, I just recognise that, and you know, it might be slightly less anxiety than than the diving was, but it's that similar experience of that's okay, and you've just got to kind of recognise and and not ignore, but just move move on regardless. I think it's the biggest takeaway.
0: Wow. Well, I'm really sad that we have to leave it there because we're kind of running at the the mark of a time, but thank you so much for sharing that again, because it's not the first time you've told me that story, at least, but I'm hoping that others will find it as inspirational as I did. Thanks so much, Phil.
1: Thank you. Oh, 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 oh oh, 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 oh